Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Rough and Fumble Contest. I don't know what that sentence was. I think that was a Rough and Fumble Contest. But... What? <laughs> One week it took me to turn into Gary. Hey, hello, hello. I'm going to the Rough and Fumble Contest. I don't know why it's Irish now. But... Well, actual words in that, I was just syllables. No, it's, uh, it'll be yeah, Harrison's turn next week to introduce the podcast because apparently no one else can fucking say the words Russian fumble. <laughs> but welcome everyone to the Russian fumble podcast. This goes out unedited, as you are well, uh, we should well be aware by now. Um, uh, yeah, we're here currently with me, um, the current host, Phil Swain, and uh, our resident Colts fan, Harrison. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, Gary can't be with us again this week. Uh, the sight of Tom Brady being happy turned him uh, turned his stomach inside out, and he's been vomiting all week. I'm afraid, so I don't think he'll be doing that anytime soon. Get well soon, Gary. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back on once your the, the, your Brady bile um, comes down a little bit. This week, we thought that we would cover the Super Bowl, obviously the biggest sporting event of the weekend, um, outside of the mighty Villa winning once again. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, it was a fairly unentertaining game, won't you, you agree, Harrison? Uh, it, was, uh, it was shit. It was, it was so fitting to be the COVID Bowl, wasn't it? Yes. It's a terrible it game of football played by terrible players. I can appreciate a good defensive game, but when one defense is really good and the other one's shit, it's not a defensive game. It's just shit. Yes, when one offense can't do anything and the other defense is just yeah. truly lights out. Yeah, does, I mean, does... Paul, Paul, like Patty Mahomes, was running for his fucking life on every play. It was the, he apparently covered something stupid like four hundred and eighty yeah. yards in that game. Just the going guy. Side to side. Was lying vertically, well, not vertically, it was lying horizontally, <laughs> lying vertically when you standing up on it. <laughs> lying <laughs> horizontally, still managed to find a receiver and a scenic sled. Ow! Oh, so is that coming, is that coming for me? Like I said, if, if, if any of those receivers could have played for the Dolphins this year on the quality of that performance. Um, Basically, yeah, Paul yeah, probably had a better chance to catch them all. True. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think on this episode, we should probably give Tom Brady um, the credit that he deserves in that game. Um, we're always usually quite down on him um, because he's a prick and we all fucking hate him. Um, but, you know, after his that performance, I think we should definitely give him exactly the amount of praise that he deserves. Which is more. Yeah. Because I'd just like to, um, yeah, I think first thing to bring up would be um, the quality of his defence. I mean, yeah. that Bucks team was fucking in, immense in every phase of the ball. What a, what a front seven they have as a team. Mm -hmm. You know, you look, I look at the Colts front seven, I think, you know, we've got a pretty good front seven. And regrettably, I'd still say the box is better. Mm -hmm. um, just a fantastic defense. And when you're starting from an average, what was it, the 37 yard line mm -hmm. or something like that, you've already won the game as Tom Brady. So, exactly. Again, like he didn't, uh, he didn't have to do much. He did throw the ball several mm -hmm. times. I'll give him credit for that. 
Um, yeah. But no, not necessarily any better than any other quarterback. I'm pretty sure. I was trying to think down the list of quarterbacks who I reckon could have won that game with that defence. And I reckon Sam Bradford could have won a Super Bowl with them. What? Sam Bradford? I mean... I think Drew Locke could have won that game. I think Danny Dimes, even he could have fucking won that game. <laughs> yeah, Tim fucking T, but out of retirement. Johnny Manziel. They could have dragged Johnny Manziel <laughs> from fucking Al- Albuquerque or wherever the fuck he's yeah. hiding these days. Yeah. And he would have come in and won a Super Bowl with that defence. Because if you're only going to get the ball forward 30 yards yeah. and your running back will get you 15 of them. Yeah. And I just... I don't get it. The Chiefs just didn't show up. And when you're on the biggest stage of them all, and you don't you don't even put an effort in. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be coming out of that game if I was a Chiefs player looking for an excuse. I'd be just fuming that my team didn't turn up. And you have a Tyron Matthew, is it? Number 32? Yeah, honey badger. Sack him off. What a fucking loser he is. I, honestly, I hate I hate Tom Brady because of how competitively good he is. And it pisses me off how good he is. I hated him that game. I, I didn't really watch him, but that game, everyone else was to blame. It was never his fault. Um, get, why would you get in Tom Brady's face? You pick the punter or something, don't you? Yeah. You pick the guy who's not going to play. And I was just watching him like, what a fucking dickhead. Although, again, there was a, so there was a, uh, a penalty that was called against... Matthew, when he got in Brady, he got in Brady's face a bit, and then Brady got right in his face. Um, yeah. All season long, it's been the second player that gets penalised. Like yeah. if you, if you, the, you call it it's smart in inverted commas football. But if you can piss someone off enough, um, yeah. that like is it, was it the Steelers receiver or someone who got in about three people's faces and got them all like um, ejected because they yeah. also ran and started hitting him. Um, I love a bit of shit Alzheimer. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like I've got no problem with him. Shit, Alzheimer, and I don't agree with the penalty. You know, you, you just say to both of them, pack it in, behave yourselves. Um, what point I was trying to get across is, and I'll bring this up on my show, have you heard the story, I think it is, where from Chris Robshaw and Jane Pascal when they're talking about the New Zealand players doing the hacker? Nope. Uh, it's basically on their little rugby Tory podcast thing they do mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about the New Zealand team doing the hacker and like you got you know all the big guys doing it and it's quite scary and it's like you pick out the smallest fucking guy the small white dude who's five foot four mm-hmm. and you stare at him like <laughs> don't go and argue with the great one of the greatest of all time in the sport because that's just going to make it better go and pick on the punter or something <laughs> Greatest of all time. I mean, it's a bit early for um, Jason Pierre-Paul to be called greatest of all time, but um, <laughs> considering that how uh, that he terrorised that backfield, he's he only got like fucking seven fingers or something, doesn't he? Yeah. What what a fantastic game he had. Isn't yeah. he 8-0 in the playoffs? Something ridiculous like that, yeah. Never lost. 8-0. But, but it's, about, it's, it's, it's only got half a fucking hand. Yeah. It didn't, yeah, it, it, yeah, didn't he? Like, I think one of my colleagues... Um, Joe was telling me about this, didn't he? Have he was holding on to a firework or something like that, and yeah, it exploded. Yeah, the, I'll traitors day, whatever you want to call it. Old fucking Sammy Seven Fingers <laughs> come in. <laughs> he, even he could beat the fucking backups. Yeah, and just watching that oil line, 
made me physically sick. It brought back days of Andrew Luck. <laughs> Just getting battered every single fucking play. <laughs> and if the Chiefs don't do well this offseason in protecting Patrick Mahomes, I don't think they need to draft wide receivers or tight ends or anything, but they need linemen. If they don't do that, then they're, they're not going to get to the Super Bowl again. No, I mean, that, that perfectly brings me on to one of the other points about why um, Brady got dragged to the uh, to his seventh ring was, again, injuries. They lost both of their tackles um, before the Super Bowl. Mahomes has been fairly well protected for most of the season. He always scrambles a bit, but he's never been terrorised like that. Yeah. Um, but the um, Chiefs lost both of their tackles, I think, which meant that you've got... On the guard. Yeah, possibly the, their great, the greatest pass rush in the league at the moment. Yeah. Uh, probably the best front seven in the league and has been for a good like five, six weeks mm-hmm. versus three backup linemen. Um, and they just got fucking mullered. But again, but, that, you know, that, that kind of lo- losing those players was huge and almost gifted. We, we say that, but we see it in the FA Cup over here, don't we? You know, a team, Arsenal, let's say, yeah. right, but we, we put our youngsters out because they were playing fucking Stevenage or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that we don't think Stevenage are a good team. It's not That's not the disrespect. It's you're trying to get into this team. Prove why you shall be playing. And when you're on the biggest stage, I don't give a shit if you're a fucking backup, third string, fourth string, whatever. If you're the kit man, when it's the biggest stage... You've got to put in a performance. And for me, if I were Patrick Mahomes, I'd be fuming. I'd be like, I don't give a shit if you're a backup. At least give me fucking half a second in the pocket. But that's the that's the difference, I think, between NFL and any other sport is that because yeah. it's so like it's so prescriptive, it is we run this play like this. You need to be there and do that. Yeah. And you can individually lose your one-on-ones and things like that, but yeah. the scheme itself should work and you should have players that you can kind of bring into that. And if you've got backups who have not taken starter steps for most of the season, and then all of a sudden you go like, right, it's not just playing in the third round of the FA Cup. It's coming and playing your first game in the FA Cup final yeah, against um, fucking like Ronaldo yeah. and Romario and Beto. And Just trying to bring okay. up as many old players as I can think of. <laughs> that's okay. And I get nerves and stuff. But I wouldn't be asked if we lost 20 nil, as long as we put a good effort in. Yeah. You know, I've watched teams lose and I watched the Colts lose to the Bills in the playoffs. But we put a fucking good effort in. Yeah. So I wasn't pissed off. <laughs> and I don't know, it was just one of them games. Nothing seemed to go right for Patty Mahomes. Um the referee's just constantly flagging everything. But I mean, could they make it any more obvious? I mean, that again, you brought that perfectly onto this one. But see, when Gary fucks off, we segue like fucking um, pros. <laughs> that brings us onto the penalties, especially yeah. that first half, where um, I don't know if did the Bucks get penalised for anything? It might have been in the third, towards the end of the third, or maybe into yeah. the fourth quarter, they finally had a flag thrown against I them. I think they had one for five, whereas the Chiefs had something like. Eight for forty. Or <laughs> yeah, again, they they the penalties made nearly as many yards as some of their offense. And I I can get some of them are right. by the letter of the law. I can get the pass interference calls by the letter of the law. But 
that offside, that was that was not offside. That was fucking ridiculous. It was a fucking joke. It might have been if uh, it's the kind of shit that VAR would call that it, if it is officially. Yeah, you can see him move a microsecond. If you put the lines and the fucking um, data and stuff in, he did move, but no way did a, a, the um, anyone's eye see that. Yeah. And there was one. I don't know if you saw it. <clears throat> I th- they seemed to brush over it. I think because the game was done and buried. But Tyreek Hill just timed his like. Uh, his release. What? His release. Yeah, perfectly. It was just timed perfectly, and he smote his guy, and they called a false start. But if you watch it, Tyreek Hill stood still. And then it's like, and guy. He just times it perfectly, but they're just like, nah. nah. We're in Brady's home. Not only is it yeah. Brady, not only is it the Super Bowl. Or sorry, no, yeah, not only is it Brady and that is the yeah. Super Bowl, but it's also in his own back in his new backyard. Like yeah. they're, they're gonna get fucking everything. And it well, I mean it was ridiculous to the point of almost being blatant. Almost. This, because yeah. pretty much all the money was on the Chiefs. Yeah, so they were everyone's favorite. I don't care what any but fucking Buck fans say. Yeah, that no matter how good your team is, you're going up against a team who are probably again the usual rough and fumble research going on here. Um, the uh, the most potent offense in the league for a yeah. good two or three years now, and mm-hmm. there's nothing there's nothing disrespectful for saying that you're not as good as that. Yeah, but oh, no. not and not not as good uh, by a field goal. As far as yeah. the, the you know the um, odds were concerned, they weren't saying yeah. they were going to get blown out by um, like two scores or anything like that. It was a kick. Yeah, um, I think we just got robbed of a good game because I think even with the backups in, you know, you look at that last couple of minutes of that first half, you think the Chiefs are still in this, and then they just all them penalties, and I thought we've just been robbed. We have just been robbed of a of the passing of the torch game. Where it was Tom Brady, you know, the wily vet, seven rings or whatever, against a new up and comer, can't be stopped, Patrick Mahomes. And it yeah. was, even if you look, Rob Gronkowski, the old tight end who's on probably more steroids than Arnie Schwarzenegger. He's his prime. Against Travis Kelsey and Antonio Brown, the older wide receiver against Tyreek Hill. It was just, it was like the perfect the old guard versus the young bloods mm-hmm. and we just we got robbed yeah i mean there was again there was some fucking um egregious penalties in there the yeah. let's say that um that uh offside was ridiculous because that turned a punt like a fourth and five into uh you know a, um, a first down yeah so not only was it poor that they got it but it, what it turned into i don't know whether that turned into a score or not i don't care by this point there was the um, pass interference that's going flying over fucking Evans's head. Yeah, if and the he, guy if, literally fell over. He could have done anything about that. If he'd climbed onto his fucking shoulders and jumped, he still probably wouldn't have made that catch. So yeah. whether you know, there still has to be a he would have made the catch. You can't just call him for everything. There was yeah. one when they were running alongside each other and they just kind of tripped and fell over. Like yeah. they're, they're all ones that either shouldn't have been given or, you know, watching over the course of a season, seven, eight times out of ten, they don't call those. Yeah. But every, it seemed like every one of them got called. I didn't pay enough attention for to see whether the Bucks had a load that they got away with or not. Um, it's, the, um, it's the Mike Dean factor, isn't it? It's got to be about the referee. That's what it felt like. And it was yeah. just... There's one rule... I, 
I don't really like ranting about rules. They're there, they're there for a reason. But there's rant, one rant, 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 rant. <laughs> there's one this, I don't get. The it's this forward motion. The bot, the bot. So for a touchdown, the ball only has to break the plane. <laughs> but then, on a first down, it's forward motion. Where did he get before his knees touched? There needs to be one rule flat throughout the game where the whole ball has to be over the line before one body part touches the ground or whatever, because it's just, it's coming down to millimetres. And when, I feel like if you stop the ball, but it breaks the plane by a millimetre, that's just an easy out for the offence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I just, that needs to be looked at because it, it makes it shit because it's sort of like, we don't even really need to try Four from one, we can just QB sneak it. Yes. And you can't, you, even if you can't see the ball, if yeah. you, and it, you just yeah, the advantage should go to the offense as it always should do. But it's yeah. just like, well, you know, you, you probably got over then. We'll give that yeah. close enough. We'll yeah. deny it. Yeah. And it's it's like that stuff with uh, a wide receiver when, you know, if they catch it in the end zone, they have to get two feet down, which I agree with. But then you don't have to get two feet in the end zone if you're running it in. Like, there's got to be a way of merging it together rather than just. Well, one of those is, it's, I suppose it's that's about possession. Like, if you're running it, yeah. you're deemed to have possession. So all you got to do is break the plane with it. If you catch yeah. it outside the end zone, you've just you've got to make you've got to then break the plane with the ball in your hand. But then yeah. there's there's the all all sorts of bollocks yeah. when it comes to making a footballing move, or is that one step? Is that trying to turn with it and I mean, uh, Mike Carlson, who did the BBC coverage, is just fucking ace. Um, he's yeah. the, I'd rather listen to him talk about American football than literally anybody else. Yeah. Us included. Um, <laughs> I'd love to get him on the show, but I don't think this is quite his format. <laughs> yeah, never know. Yeah, he'd come on to slag off the referees, because one thing that he always talks about is consistency. Yeah. It's just like, you look, and he'll even through the games, he'll be constantly tweeting out, look, he grabbed him, you saw that. He touched his arm in the first half, that was a foul, and this half it isn't. All you need is consistency. If that's a that's rule, that's fine, it, but you that, apply it to every single thing exactly that, the same. That's all we're asking. If you're going to call them pass interference, call them for every game, every play. Yeah, that's all we're asking, but hey, we digress, that's another podcast for the off-season. Yes, yes, we'll turn into slagging off referees. It'll be someone's yeah. turn. Um, <clears throat> the next one that I wanted to bring up was the amount of drop catches that, uh, again, just either gifted short fields to Brady or um, hurt, killed momentum and things like that. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, Brady didn't have to do much. Um, as I said, Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold, I mean, the fucking snake. They all could have fucking won that Super Bowl given such short fields. Um, and that would hurt them a lot because um, Mahomes was running around like a fucking nutter, like a fucking toddler with a bag of sweets. And he was managing to get the throws off. So some of them, that kind of fucking dolphin dive to the side. Yeah. Where there's just a great still where he's in midair. There's a guy around his legs and he still manages to throw the ball about 20 Two yards. Yeah. Yeah, onto the guy's fucking mask. <laughs> and he just pinged off him. Just fucking pinged off from like pissing a urinal. Right. Three, four, five times. Um, I, I wasn't counting, but it was that many ish. Yeah. You'd be like, what the fuck do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I just get up again. It's like, again, 
Come on, someone can fucking give me a hand here. The line are giving me no fucking help. The defense are giving me fuck all help. I need at least one of the two good playmakers we've got to give me a fucking hand. And they're both just going, doing. Yeah. But I think it comes down to, and I've never really said this, but I thought this. The Chiefs are really repetitive in how they play. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they didn't come into the Super Bowl with anything different than what we'd seen all season. You know, they do this uh, like mini jet suite side thing where Tyreek Hill does a little triangle around Patrick Mahomes and then goes to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 4 for one play against the Browns, they've done that about 10 times through the season, same formation. So I think Tampa Bay just did the homework. Yeah. And... But the Tampa Bay defense, remember, we need to make sure that yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the defense did the homework. The offense yeah. could have just fucking rolled in out of um, bed and won that. <laughs> the offense could have had a cup of tea at half time. They did. They could, they could have generally not turned up after the half and they still would have won. The, the two minute warning was just a chance for them all to go and have a fucking nap. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> drop catches is. I, I mean, there's all this, you know, these gloves now in there. Used to be the stickum. Everyone used to use the stickum. Yeah, stuck. Yeah, the stickum Raiders was it? Stuck is stucco. Then that was more to do stucco. with um. Yeah, it was just like a kind of glue. But they used to they used it more for um, injuring people <laughs> than catching. So just fucking wrap people's arms in it like yeah. a plaster cast, and then just fucking clothesline everyone. Yeah. Fuck um, it. I hate the Raiders more than Brady. um, that'll be another podcast my vitriol against the fucking dirty raiders I'm sure we've all got a running episode in us well you just they just fluffed it didn't they that's it it's like it was really weird to see it because the it's like the occasion got to them and they've been there before and they've played well all season and then it was like again I suppose to be fair they've got two playmakers they've got Hill and Kelsey yeah. No, no one else really chimes in for, for anything. Sammy Watkins has his one game a year. Mm-hmm. They didn't really, or well, they weren't in the game script to really rely on the running game, yeah. even though when they did, it actually seemed to achieve stuff. Yeah, the, the running game didn't seem to do too bad. I was quite surprised they went away from it. Mm-hmm. Again, it was sort of like Big Andy Reid went, oh, well, because we've not done this before, we're not going to do it now. Well, I, don't, I don't fucking run the ball. Running the ball's for pussies. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was. Which again brings me beautifully onto play calling, which was Andy Reid for some reason decided to just fucking hand the ball to and play to the Bucks' biggest strength, which is their pass rush. The two things I've been talking to people about all week was they have a great fullback, the Chiefs in Sherman. Yes, um, one of the few teams that still employs a fullback regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure they've got at least one other decent blocking tight end. Now, if you know you're coming up against one of the best pass rushes in the league and you know you're missing two or three O-linemen, your yeah, first yeah. job is to protect your quarterback and give him some time to make some fucking plays. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember seeing like some heavy sets, like you know, two tight ends, yeah, yeah. tight end a fullback or anything like that, to try and get some extra blocking in there to try and help him out. It's like Reed fucking bottled it and went, I'm playing college air raid ball or nothing at all. Yeah, and it seemed like my thinking is if I'm a veteran offensive lineman in that situation I'm saying as a team right fuck all the little 
schemes and clever little plays we have and you block him and then I'll come in and we all just go one way as a unit. Whether we all just block left or we all just block right, there should always be someone who's being double teamed. I think, and then just let the running back or the full back or the tight end cover the blind side. Just go one way as a unit so everyone's on the same page rather than coming in and trying to be too clever with, oh, we're going to man up with rookie offensive linemen in the Super Bowl against one of the greatest defences of the year. But they say, I mean, I don't, I don't know what their I don't know what their blocking schemes like. To be fair, because if you've not coached it into them, they're not going to be able to kind of like shift that way. Because you can plan to push that way, yeah. But if the pressure comes round from the other side, or if they start running some stunts and start crossing over and things like that, that's when your the the rookies or the um, inexperienced players get fucked because you yeah. get you think you've got your man, you think you know what gap yeah. it is that you're trying to block. Then all of a sudden, the player that was in the B gap that's supposed to be yours. I suddenly, suddenly ran to a fucking um, three technique and bomb past you, and uh, yeah, and everyone keeps passing that stuff on. Yeah. I really want to look at it again from the line because it just seemed like there was constantly two people behind them. Yeah, like they were just and fucking it, digging tunnels from the backfield. And it's to be honest, it just felt like they weren't trying, <laughs> and it was mental to watch. It felt like a game of it felt like a game of fucking FIFA or something like that. When just every now and then the computer just goes like, "No, I'm winning this one." Yeah, no matter what you do, I'm, I'm, pl- I'm playing fucking um, Forest Green. Why they pass the ball around like Real Madrid? <laughs> it's just that it's the the, the um, yeah the league just decided they were gonna they were gonna fucking win. Yeah. yeah, and I mean to be fair, I don't know whether some of the play calling. There was the story beforehand about Andy Reid's son was in like a car crash. Yeah. So worried for his, may possibly worried for his health anyway. But there was also some issues about he's. He's had it before where he's, he's been done for like drunk driving, I think. He's had DUIs in the past. And there was a kid that was injured in the car crash as well, I think. Well, he's a twat then, eh? A complete and utter prick. I don't think I made all this up, but I made it. <laughs> Let, let's drain it out then. So if anyone's in a car crash, you don't wish upon that when it's horrible, you know. It's just one of them things you don't want to see. But if he's pissed out his head... And he's crashed. He's a prick and he should be in jail. Yeah. That, um, yeah. And again, the fact that he, he may have caused serious injuries to uh, a kid as well. There yeah, was yeah. some some discussion about whether that was playing on Andy Reid's mind as well, which is impossible for it not to two days before you know the, a, a massive game if one of your kids is in hospital in a, in a bad state and may have also caused harm to someone else's kid as well. Then well, um, you bring up the point if your head's not in the right state, you've just got to, you've got to help your team in the best way you can and say, I'm not in the right mood. My head's not in the place for this. I've got shit going on. All the best luck. It's in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> because... well, look, yeah I can stand on the side to, to stop, to keep the story away from us, but the, I need the coaches to start stepping up and making some decisions yeah. here and kind of covering some stuff. Or if you think I'm missing something, because start overruling me. Or... Yeah. Like, You've got to learn to rely on your team. And if you can't delegate, you're not a great leader. Yeah. Simple as that. And we put if I had shit like that going on in my life, especially two days before the Super Bowl, I was saying, lads, I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I can't lead you here, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that's not the American way. And 
any American listeners to us be like, oh, but it's a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's not more important than your kids, unfortunately. Yeah, but sometimes just go home and have a brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just bubble well, it up. Andy Reid, to be fair, so it's like go home and barbecue four whole chickens. Yeah. <laughs> just have a little think about what's going on in life, which you probably did after the Super Bowl, to be fair. Well, you know, we have, you know, where excuses and stuff fall on one coach, we have got to congratulate the legendary Bruce Arians on his yes. uh, Super Bowl because that guy is a living legend, especially sports fans. Yes, he, he might um, share his name with a Nazi race, um, <laughs> but that doesn't, I can't take anything away from his coaching. I've got a mate who's a um, Cardinals fan. Yeah. Um, and he was at the Cardinals before then, and he made them into a decent, a, a decent team. He, he made us into a great team. Hmm. I remember I that, that Super Bowl and thinking, what, "Why did we not keep him?" <laughs> I didn't realise he coached the Colts. Um, he coached when we had Chuck Pagano, and then Chuck Pagano got cancer, so he was stepping down. So then it was sort of just a. Uh, what's the term? Not coach. Interim not, or? In, yeah, like an interim manager sort of thing. Interiming. Um, <laughs> um, by the looks of him, I don't know. <laughs> That's a scary thought. <laughs> well, I mean, he was a perfect coach for Andrew Locke. <clears throat> just he never got the chance to try and develop that team. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and massive congratulations to as well. There's certain characters that you'd like to see win. Yeah, like you'd like to see succeed. <laughs> there was um, there was a great moment when I can't remember who the defender was. It might have been Winfield Junior, the rookie, who uh, gave um, Hill the peace sign because yes. <laughs> uh, Hill gave it to him when he was fucking running past him. When to be yeah. fair, the Chiefs smashed the shit out of him. Yeah, um, in the uh, in the middle of the season. But I, I do love shit like that. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna give it out, you need to be able to take it back again as well. Yeah, shit is fantastic, and like I said, <clears throat> Philip Rivers has taught me a lot in this this year about shit housing and being that guy. And I fucking loved every minute of it. Yeah. And like I, like I said, I've got no problem with him throwing up the piece. Why has he been flagged for that? It was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, he's won the Super Bowl. He shut down one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, who also gave him some shit in a previous game. Yeah, and he's just throwing it back at him like, I'm sure Tyreek Hill's a man, and I'm sure he can take that. Well, I don't know what, what the story's about him fucking throwing women around and stuff like that before. And that's, and then, that, that's why when the comparison between him and Brady, I thought was very apt, because both of them have got that um, the candidates for the Jermaine Greer treatment of women award <laughs> last week but yeah the footballing gods you can't be doing that shit when the footballing gods are watching no nope. because they love to throw that shit back in your face yes yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, so, i mean yeah i mean massive congratulations to all the bucks fans out there must be great too so we've got a few obviously there's two or three that we're in contact with regularly yeah. um, they the must, yeah they must have fucking loved fucking loved that waking up in the morning the yeah. one thing uh, the one thing that did make me chuckle was the um after the super bowl finished <clears throat> and even like going up to like a day or so after more bucks fans seem to be um 
argumentative about how everyone should appraise them to the ground beforehand than they were celebrating the actual victory. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you had many interactions with them. I was on Twitter with a, a, a couple of them. I, I, I see some of them on Twitter. Um, but the, the moment the game finished, instead of it being yeah. like, fucking yes, we won, fucking yes, they all went, say, told you. Yeah. Oh, we were a great team. You should have thought um, we were better than Tampa, that we were better than the Chiefs. Yeah, the New England Buccaneers, let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I think it speaks volumes. We turned Tom Brady down. And. You know, people out there, Bucks fans, Patriots fans, be saying, no, he just didn't want to go. Chris Ballard turned around and flat out said no. You know, like, there was talks of him coming to the Colts. And I think what that makes me like about the Colts compared to the Bucks is in that one resounding no, he has just proven that nobody's bigger than the team. Mm-hmm. And... You heard it from Bruce Arians himself. He said, "Well, I just let Tom do it." Yeah, yeah. We've got the we've got the we've got the greatest of all time. We just leave him to win it for yeah. us. And that's great if you want to win a Super Bowl for a year, or you know, you want to go. You might go back to the final next year, or you might win it again next year. Mm-hmm. And but what happens in five years, or three years, or four years when you've just won a couple of Super Bowls? So your first round picks are. Not very good. Mm-hmm. Your cut room is held because people want in bigger contracts. Because you won the Super Bowl a couple of times. Because you've won the Super Bowl and you might back. go back to black. Once. So once yeah. Um, the cycle starts again then. And it's just going to be funny to watch if these book fans can stand by that cycle <laughs> when all these great legendary older veteran players call it a day. Because, I mean, all credit to New England. The one thing that Belichick could do was build teams. Yeah. He would take, you know, the offcuts from other teams that were um, discarded, old first-round picks, and he wouldn't get 10 years out of them. He'd get one or two years, but that's all he needed. Yeah. So almost like on little kind of prove-it deals and things like that. Like, they've discarded you. Go and Let's go and fucking shove it down their throats. Come play for me for a, a pittance in comparison to what you could earn. Mm-hmm. Come win a Super Bowl, and then you get a good contract somewhere else. Then they'd leave, and you get another set in, kind of thing. As good as Arians is, I don't know whether he's got these the same kind of team builder. Whether this is like this is your team, and you've got this window to win as many as you can. Because after Brady leaves, you're back to um, that, that's back it. To when, the, the when Brady, fifth or sixth when, best quarterback in the, the draft. So Gronk's not doing another year. If he does, he needs to be steroid tested because there's no chance he's doing another year. He'll come he's back for the, the playoffs. Still got the same concussion from high school. <laughs> That's just smashing beer cans on your head. You watch American Dad. <laughs> no. It's just like the family guy. But uh, there's an American I'm... football player called um, Johnny Concussion. That's <laughs> 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 what I just picture. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, pretty okay. much to be fair. Yeah. Couldn't hold a conversation with him. Yeah. So, like post. Gronk's got what? 10 games in him at best next year if he decides to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady's got a year, Max. Um, AQ Shipley couldn't even get through this year. <laughs> Sue's probably got one year, Max. Evans, Antonio Brown, are they going to be in the league more than two years? 
I, Evan, I think I think like Evans and Godwin could be. Brown will yeah. just bounce around. But then he's won the Super Bowl now. So the first thing he's going to do is up his prickishness to legendary levels. Um, he will fucking be releasing uh, rap albums and porn films and everything this fucking summer. Um, Sounds like a good summer. I say, yeah, well, it depends how much he's filmed of him and Giselle. Um, but yeah, so he'll be releasing all of those kind of thing. I think Godwin's a free agent. So all of a sudden his wages are going to go up. There'll be plenty of teams that will pay for him because he's shown to be a decent receiver. Evans is a fucking prick. Yeah. There's a couple of a couple of attitude players there that I don't like. Like I don't mind people like I don't, I don't want people who can then back it up. So have a bit of attitude if you can back it up with your ability. Yeah. And Evan, I mean Evans to be fair to be fair has been a fairly underrated receiver at least from fantasy points of view anyway. He's been like top five or six, I think, for the last three years, and you wouldn't have thought it. But um, there's attitude and there's arrogance, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line. I mean... And then there's Brady. He's <laughs> just a twat. Fuck Tom Brady. But um, there's... You look at Darius Leonard for the Colts, mm-hmm. and you say, he's got an attitude, but it's the right sort of attitude. You know, he's not... Oh, I'm the game. I'm the best linebacker in the league. It's where's he from? I'm gonna win, and I'm gonna be that dog who's gonna, you know, bring the fight out. <laughs> and it's nice to see. Whereas you, know, you see it from Antonio Brown on occasion, Odell Beckham, uh, these sort of players, Juju Smith, and it's like, it's like you you come off as a prick. Yes, you don't like, mind. No other way. You just come off as a prick. I see. You don't mind players who kind of get in people's faces a little bit, like you know, all, all that kind of posturing and stuff, like the alpha male kind of. Yeah, you what? You, yeah. you don't mind a bit of that kind of thing. Yeah. One, if you can back it up by being good, and secondly, as long as you're not a prick about it, as long as you don't come out after the game going like, "Yes, see, I told you I was the best player in my position ever. Like yeah. I'm better than all of these fucking legends. You've played about twelve games, mate. You're not better than anyone just yet." Um, yeah, it's that shit I don't mind. I can't fucking stand, at least, anyway. Um, and it's why I quite like that Bucks defence, because they've kind of gone about their business. Yeah. They were they were overlooked for a lot of the season, but um, oh, I just I just heard them getting more and more praise as the season went along, and especially towards the end of it. Yeah. Like I say, um, I didn't realize JPP kind of went under the radar for me. Um, yeah. uh, David and White... Um, just uh, as the, the those two kind of like middle linebackers were just fucking immense. The speed, <laughs> the lateral speed, the side to side speed was just fantastic. That's it. I think David had one of the best kind of coverage stats. So um, breaking to the side, like a, a side yeah. to east to west linebacker, kind of covering people. And um, White had, I think, one of the best PFF. Not that I read much into them because they seem like the pricks. Yeah, um, yeah. But they just make it up as they go. They do. It is they're 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 like a fucking tabloid at times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they uh they gave White one of the best kind of coverage stats for the for linebackers as well, and it was it was fair enough. Um. Because they had it, and then when you got JPP and like Shaq Barrett and people like that come motoring through. Yeah. Vita Vea when he came back fit again. I have all credit to that um thing. How the if it wasn't Brady at quarterback for them, I think one of those defensive players would have got MVP. If it's anyone but fucking Brady, because he won that on his name. And this is what pisses me off. Because 
for me, Jason Pierre-Paul was MVP of that game. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal. That's one of the most dominant performances from a, what is he, a lineman? Uh, yeah, a kind of, a kind of edge like, rushery type yeah. hybrid. Yeah. Um, one of the most dominant <clears throat> performances I've seen from a player in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've not watched a lot of Super Bowls as intently as I watch them now because of all this stuff rushing from my show I do mm. now. Um, but I can't remember the last time I watched Super Bowl and I went, that guy's fucking immense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, the mark of an MVP for me is if you replace them with someone average, does it massively affect the game? Mm-hmm. If you take out the JPP and replace him with just like a middling pass rusher it maybe yeah. gets one or two pressures something like that does it change the game it, it does massively because all of a sudden um Mahomes isn't fucking scrambling to the sidelines as much as having to run 50 yards to try and throw it 10 yeah. if you take Brady out and replace him with someone painfully average like a kind of Kirk Cousins or a Carson Wentz they yeah. still they still win the Super Bowl I think yeah. Because both of those quarterbacks, as um, distinctly mediocre as they are, even Goff would have won that one. <laughs> because all he's got to do is move the ball 30 yards yeah. or just kill time. The second half, it was just killing time, basically, and then hand it off to Fournette. Yeah. Um, so you could replace Brady with someone meh, and they still would have won. If you'd replace someone like Jason Pierre-Paul with someone average, um they they wouldn't have won it, I don't think. Or at least they, it would have been an awful lot closer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just... I mean, just going back to one thing I did love from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm the guy for um, Rudy, any given Sunday, Al Pacino, <laughs> and uh, Far City Blues, all the, all the films... That that speech at the be- I don't know who it was, but that speech at the beginning by that hologram dude. That was um that's Vince Lombardi. Oh right, is that? Yeah, like, yeah. That so that was the uh, Packers, the, the kind of Packers coach who won the first thing, won the first two out of three Super Bowls or yeah. something like like a massive fucking. He's famous for that um, for his little kind of pork pie hat. That that speech, you know, that got me going. I was like, I, I was ready to go to Tampa and win a Super Bowl after yeah. that speech, and that was just awesome. Ultimately, it's, again, still would have won it in Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that was awesome, the second half of the halftime performance, the the first half of that halftime show was shy. Um, but when he got into his, you know, his mainstream songs, his bangers, it was actually quite a good performance. Didn't know any of them. Couldn't fucking stand him. I don't think I paid it. I, I kept kind of turning the volume up and going like, "No, no." This, again, not the audience for this. That yeah. that performance is not aimed at a thirty-eight-year-old Brummy who doesn't listen to uh, any current music. Where's Tommy <laughs> fucking Shelby, man? Yes, yeah, yeah. They say, "Yeah, what would he want to listen to?" I want to listen to. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather listen to some fucking Irish fight songs, <laughs> anti-English fucking bomb them all kind of stuff than listen to um, some. Um, Canadian guy who can't spell his own fucking name. <laughs> Dancing around with people with fucking underwear on their head. Yeah. Although it has launched a fantastic meme 
At least I'll give him credit for that. Meme, meme of the year already. Yeah. Okay, let's just use phrases like, um, you know, uh, Mahomes looking for a receiver. Yeah. Brady trying to find his <laughs> Brady trying to find his wife when uh, Antonio Brown's at home. My favourite all, one was all this <laughs> when you lose your mum in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. that was fantastic. <laughs> and I, I see one quite fittingly for Russian football. <laughs> Manny McCann looking for a parent in Portugal. <laughs> I thought we were going to get through this episode without any kind of mention of mention of that. I thought we were finally going to manage to get an episode that that could be um, go before the watershed outside of the swamp. It's part of the bingo. It's part of the bingo. <laughs> yeah, take a drink, Gary. If you're listening, take a drink. Uh, but yeah, it was just a shite. It was it was fitting that it was the COVID ball because it was shit, mm-hmm. and it just summed up the past year. Uh, trying yeah. to think anything. Oh, the streaker. Oh yes, and um, Jim Nance's um, coverage <laughs> of it. Fantastic coverage of it. Yes. He absolutely fucking nailed that call. But apparently it's not his first one either. They were showing, they, they had one that was um, from previous as well. Yeah. Um, of him kind of calling it. And the other one was even better, to be fair. Just like, when you can take something like that and just make it a bit of fun. Yeah. You know, that, that proves your worth as a commentator. Mm-hmm. Massively. Why have you turned um, into a wire? I turned to a wire because I, I remembered that there was, uh, I asked Gary if there was anything particularly because I'm a fucking grass, all right. I'm actually work for um, CID, and I'm trying to bring everyone down. That's why Gary's legged it. I let him know earlier on. Um, but yeah, I asked Gary if there's anything that. <laughs> it's after last week they went. Oh, actually, there's a lot of hate crime here. Um, yeah, I asked Gary if there's anything that he wanted mentioning, and he wanted to say uh, that um, it was among the dullest games that he's ever watched. And he watched the entirety of the Rams versus the Bears on Monday Night Football this season. And that game made him actively hate the sport. Which I think is, uh, is a, to be fair, a fair summary of that Super Bowl. Because it was, everyone. I think it's even worse than that game because it was expected to be a spectacle. It was going to, we all thought it was going to be like the Pats versus Eagles when it was fucking 100 points put up and it was like a thousand yards of offense. It was worse than the Ravens and the Bills. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because again, even that, you you kind of thought it might be good, but Mm -hmm. you expected those two teams for it to be shit. But um, because of the, Buck's fantastic um, defense. Um, the injuries on the fucking uh, O line for the Chiefs. The ridiculous amount of fucking penalties that all went against um, the Chiefs. The terrible play calling, the lack of protection, and the awful play by the receivers. I just, I, I feel like, and this is, bear with me on this one because this is one of them. Oh, I like it. It's like A to Z to F to G. I feel I like <laughs> every other team that got beat could have done better than the team that beat them in the next round. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like that. Like the Colts got beat by the Bills, but then I felt like the Bills, uh, the Colts could have beat the Browns and could have beat the Ravens after that game. Mm-hmm. Um, another one like. The Packers, if the Packers had beat New, New, uh, not New England, but they are, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. 
the Chiefs would have beat the pack. Like it just seemed like yeah. every other team could have beat any other team, <laughs> but it didn't fall their way. It, everything just seemed to fall for yeah. New England Buccaneers. No, no, I mean, yeah, that does make sense in a strange and um, twisted way. In a typical Russian fumble way. (laughs) Yes, that every losing team would have beaten the next winning team. (laughs) If they hadn't lost. (laughs) Yeah, 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 because fuck you, Lee, you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Us fucking dumbass amateurs have got this covered, thank you very much. Um, But yeah, I say, it's a a fucking shit Super Bowl, Mm. and it was terrible for all of football in general. Yeah. But thankfully, there's only an entire off-season to go for everyone to blow smoke up Tom Brady's ass. Yeah. Despite the fact that he he could have played, well, he, yeah, he did play like the mediocre to average performing quarterback that he is, and still have won that game. So, shall we uh, sidetrack the Super Bowl for a minute and laugh at Eagles fans? Oh, please. Um, yeah, because you're like this. Oh, please. It's, um, where's, where's Wentz gone? <laughs> so, you know, the talk of Wentz coming to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find it. And I wasn't... I mean, I don't want him. I'm going to be completely honest, but... Is it because you want a good quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what Philadelphia Eagle fans were coming out with for a trade... Um, this is so. This is one. This is this is a Denver and Eagles fan. Eagles received the first round pick this year. Mm-hmm. So already, um, already they're on a fucking losing streak because yeah. he's not worth the first rounder. Yeah. Um, where is it? Oh, that's so. This is it. Colts received Carson Wentz, Sackerts, and a fifth round pick. So for a tight end and a fifth. Okay. Yeah, the Eagles receive. First round pick, third round pick, Kenny Moore, and the fifth round pick. <laughs> no, so, I mean, <laughs> no. Are, are they technically saying that um, that Zach Ertz is worth a first round and a third round, and Wentz is worth Kenny Moore, <laughs> and a swap it and a swap of fifth picks? Okay, but that's one of those fucking ridiculous ones, which is like Dolphins fans. To be fair, with a lot of the Watson stuff was going around, Dolphins were like, yeah, well, you know, we don't, we don't need him. I mean, he's he's, he's all right, isn't he? Let's we'll give we'll give you like we'll give you a first next year. We'll give you your second back this year, and we'll give you like fucking Albert Wilson. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, you can, yeah, we can fucking make. I'll, I'll give him a fucking Mars bar and a hand job for him. How about that? It's like they're not. It's never going to fucking happen. I just I'll. Okay, Carson Wentz becomes the Colts. I have to buy my teeth and get on with it. He's our QB. I'll you know, ride him on to the Super Bowl. He instantly but, turns into the best quarterback in the league in your eyes. And if anything of, less than that, I'll be disappointed in you. Of course. But when people... I don't get an armchair QM, uh, GM sorry, coming out with shy like this. <laughs> like, when you're tweeting that, what in your head makes you go... Yeah, that will happen. Yeah, like this, like this is this is genuinely fair. If it comes from just like a fucking nobody like you and me, then that's fine. If it's yeah. anyone just go like, I, I value Carson very highly because yeah. I mean, if you add up his sixteen picks and his sixteen fumbles over the last two years, it's only thirty-two turnovers. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that, that. That's not really. That's not really that much, is it? Really, in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it, over a career, thirty-two is nothing, is it? Um, 
So if you fuck with to speaking like that, then that's that's one thing. Like if it's anyone, I expect shit like that from the likes of Fox Sports, ESPN, and PFF. <laughs> yeah. Who just spend every week going like, which fan base could we piss off this time? Yeah. Who do, um, who can we annoy or who can we blow some fucking smoke up? Well, I think Carson Wentz is probably genuinely worth a third and a fourth. Hmm. He wants out of the franchise. His contract's <clears> massive. Maybe a future second or something like that, like an unknown yeah. second kind of coming on because, you know, a good rookie year, fantastic sophomore year, I think, would have gone yeah. to, would have would have got, well, I'll, yeah. I'll say he would have got to the postseason. Yeah. Thankfully, the Eagles had the mighty um, Foles to uh, take him, big Dave Foles to take on and beat the big evil Brady. Um. Yeah. But after that, he just, I think he missed half the next season with two different injuries. Yeah. And then he's hes not been as injury prone as I thought. He's just been shit. <laughs> yeah. He's not even injured. He's just shite. Yeah. So um, it's just, he's massively declined. And you could—you don't kind of quit on talent and all that. I get that. He seems the perfect New England kind of quarterback to me because that's what Belichick does. He takes up these projects who aren't as good as they used to be. Yeah. Two or three good years out of them and then shifts them off again. But I feel like um, it's just again like it's just shite. <laughs> the exasperated um, sound in your voice at that. It's just honestly like I would rather spend a year seeing what we've got with Jacob Eason and going seven and eight or seven and nine, sorry, than going eight and eight with Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I just I, I hate I hate the QB carousel. Of course, it happens every year. I talk about it on my show. Everyone talks about it because it's the most sought after position in American football. Well, in all of sports, the yeah. the most important position in all of sports. Yeah, and I think I'd rather have fucking have Jared Stidham than fucking Carson Wentz. <laughs> You know, I'd I'd rather give you a, a third and a second for fucking Fitz Magic. You could have him too. We'll have him for that. Thanks. <laughs> Bite your end off there. <laughs> but yeah, no, but, you know, at least for someone like Eason, you know that he's going to be on a, a small contract. You expect a seven and nine season out of him. So if that's yeah. all you get, that's fine. If you start playing, you know, paying into the the areas of a first or a second round pick for an <laughs> an ex good quarterback. And yeah. you get the same performance out of him. Plus, the you know the size of his contract isn't particularly attractive. Then, um, yeah, you're, you're massively overpaying for fuck all. But you look at a position for a rookie quarterback. You want him to be in the best position ever. And you look at the Colts. You look at our offensive line. Yeah, one of the best. Probably yeah. going to get better in the off season. Top five in the league, I reckon. Um, o line receivers. We don't have to resign T. White Hilton, but we do. T. White Hilton, uh, Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell, Mike Pittman, tight ends, uh, Jack Doyle, uh, Trey Burton, Marley Cox, running backs. If we resign Marlin Mack, I don't think we will, but if we do, Marlin Mack, Jonathan Taylor, it would be the perfect situation for a rookie QB who spent a year <clears throat> learning without any pressure under Philip Rivers. <laughs> To just go go and have a go at it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the one thing that uh, again, the one thing about the, your offense, I'd say, is that again, like Jonathan Taylor looks like he's a, a blue chip talent. He's a a, a, a proper a, a good player. Ty yeah. Hilton, I think, is a great receiver um, when he's fit and actually you know and, and at full kind of game speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the rest of them are all kind of third tier kind of players. Yeah. Not, again, not that I, I, I watch every Colts game, so I don't necessarily see all the reps and how well everyone runs and things like that. But for teams that I don't watch a lot, I just think like fantasy output and who, the kind of players that you watch. Yeah. Um, and Paris Campbell, did he get injured last near the start near the start of the season last year? So he got injured in his rookie year, <laughs> and then he got injured in this year, and it just seems like one of them, like the poor lad, has not been able to. Do- like I've seen him for two or three games this season, and he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he looked he, he looked really good. I think I was looking I to think, pick him up in fantasy, and then he. I think he runs a, a four three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he's a rapid player, perfect for a jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just I think he got a an ACL or a PCL tear or something like that. Did his knees again? Um, but yeah, that's just the Colts. We've gone into a bit of an off-season talk here, but that's the Colts off-season hype is the quarterback situation. Don't know what it is. I'd stick with two of ours, Miami. I think he's great. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I don't necessarily know whether he's great or not, but I I don't think he's shit, which is the, oh. most, which is the most kind of uh, abuse that he got was that he had a fucking terrible season. But and most, I, most I actual, <laughs> Yeah, well, majority, majority of them do, yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning has the record for the most inceptions by a rookie. Right? Really, really? Yeah. <laughs> if, think... if you have a good season as a rookie, mm-hmm. you're either one exceptional talent <clears throat> or you're on a really good team. <laughs> and the whole point is, is that rookies, the, the top rookies don't go to exceptional teams. They yeah. go they go to the usually the five to seven worst teams in the league. The, the, will, the, re- the reason that you're picking up a, a player of that quality is because you're fucking awful. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see like some Eli Manning type shit out of Rosary in this draft. Hmm. I'd love to see like Trevor Lawrence just say no. Nah. Yeah, no, I'm not playing. In, I'm not playing in fucking Florida. All right, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> um, but no, I think you're right. I think like Tua certainly deserves. He deserves a season with a proper set of um, players around him. And then if you shit at the end of next year, you can say like you know all the talking heads can throw all their "I told you so"s yeah. um, around. But uh, considering that he didn't play, yeah, again didn't play with a lot of talent around him. Newly formed O line, um, mm. rookie running backs or free agent running backs. We didn't return a lot of players we had from the season before, and then he came in halfway through. And you always had the option to bring Fitz in. So whether yeah. right, right call or wrong call, depending on your point of view, if you've got that option. And your job's to win games, then you're always going to kind of think like, Ugh. so I, I kind of, from a certain point of view, I'd love I'd, I'd love us to keep Fitz around, but I think it'd do it'd be more of a detriment to the team to have him, which is a real shame. I think why I like to uh, he reminds me of Russell Wilson in the way he plays, and I f- I feel like Russ, you know, has such a shit deal up in there as Seattle. Because he drived, let's be honest, he drived a pretty bang average team to the Super Bowl, was it? To the final? Yeah. One one, one didn't he? 
Yeah, they won one and then they passed it on the goal line for some reason. Yes, didn't give it to the massive backer just for getting any yard that he wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I watched, I watched two a play and when you watch a quarterback, you want someone who gets on the edge of the seat. You know, you want a David Beckham with a free kick against Greece in the 95th minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want that. That's what his job is, is <clears> to <throat> get the crowd going, get the team going. Mm-hmm. And I think Tua can do that. And I don't think, you know, Miami's O-line is horrendously bad. It, it, was, um, it was completely rebuilt. We had three rookies on there last yeah. year. A first, a second and a third rounder, I think. And yeah. then the other two came in from free agency. So, again, none, none of that starting line, starting um, O-line played for us the year before. Yeah. So, you add that in, you know, you, you pick up some talent because I think you've got the Texans first rounder this year. Yep, and the second. And the second. Fucking fleeced him for a left tackle. Uh, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. You'll always never have to buy a drink in South Beach. In a quarterback heavy class, you're going to be able to pick up some talented weapons mm-hmm. for a cheaper price. Yeah. There's an assumption yeah. that we there's an assumption that we trade back because we're we're drafting third overall, and we don't we're not going to get a quarterback. So either we get um. If we get Carson Wentz, I'll give you Carson Wentz. No, 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 no. We'll either pick up, we'll either pick up one of the top receivers at third, or we'll pick up a lineman. I reckon. You'll give us the third overall just to not give give you Carson Wentz. Yes, yes. We're going to force this deal through. No, okay. Look, just keep him, keep him in the contract by all means. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think. The teams and stuff. We can probably get into a bit of off-season stuff next yeah. week because there's not a, a now. There's nothing happening. There's not a lot to slag off. Not even the XFL. Yes, not even because we're an XFL level <laughs> podcast. So where we slag everything <laughs> off in the NFL, uh, we just a... give everything to the XFL. <laughs> I love. I think Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince McMahon is a. Hmm hilarious human being and a fantastic person to watch so when he bought the xfl back i was like this is fantastic you know john cena's gonna be jumping off the top right with a still ladder yeah there was a a fuck in the very first live broadcast and but i watched the xfl like this is good (laughs) Mm. you know quality foot obviously the quality football was not the same you're only going to get that if the XFL banks for five years on the bounce. Yeah. But maybe you have the XFL there and then that's where you can start bringing relegation into divisions. All of a sudden teams have to be more competitive. Mm-hmm. You can't just tank. Yeah. Um, if you finish, the team would finish the less wins goes down to the XFL. Mm-hmm. Or even um, just, I mean, even if they, they everyone just partners up with like a feeder team or something like that, it gives the players yeah. reasons to play because although you won't necessarily be out of the league, you're going to be playing the XFL. Who wants yeah. to play in there kind of thing? Well, Cause the, the, um, the NBA has the G League in the summer. Uh, baseball football, has... team, football teams have their academies and they play in cups against championship teams and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. Baseball has like triple A, double A, and A league teams. Yeah. Hockey's got like the um, uh, the American League or something like that, like a feeder thing. Yeah. But the NFL just has practice squads. Yeah. And, and they don't they don't play competitively, I don't think. No, but it'd be good if you you know you got all them practice squads together, 
mm-hmm. and sort of said, because I know there's not 52 players on the practice squad, but you say the AFC South are put forward a practice squad. Um, like, divisionally, you put forward a practice squad. And then these can play each other for, a, you know, in some sort of fashion in the XFL. <laughs> or, or up, up the size of practice squad. Up it to, you know, well, not maybe not to 52, but to like 32 or something like that. Yeah, you know, incre- yeah. Increase it so you can put out a team. And then when, even if when you play a team, like if, you know, the Dolphins play the Colts, our practice squads would play each other. Yeah. There's more, t- you know, there's more tickets to be sold there. You can turn the game into like a two-game thing. Like you have like kind of like the undercard in boxing or yeah, yeah. different um, formulas in when you go to like a Formula One race or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um I'll get Rog on the phone later. Deal. I'll try I'll try and get the um UK NFL, see if they can yeah. have any influence to have a little chat to them as well. Yeah, I get <laughs> you know, me 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 and Goodell like that. <laughs> yeah, we could we call it the Russian fumble bowl. Yeah. Although they have to make sure they pronounce it differently every single time because we don't seem to fucking manage it. But you pronounce it right, then you're too good for the league. You shouldn't be there anyway. Yes. Yeah, get up, to, get up to the fucking Canadian Football League, you. But, um, the crazier XFL stuff, I, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. It was just guys reliving. It was older guys reliving the youth and drinking beers. And it yeah. was younger guys who are never going to get the chance in the NFL. Yeah. Getting a chance and some of them making it to the NFL in the end. Yeah, and it was it was for the fans who like watching American football players smash each other to bits, rather yeah. than kind of a less technique, more just brutal. Yeah, it was for more Bills and Eagles fans. <laughs> yes, um. those kind of yeah, those kind of more central kind of places. I reckon Detroit would have enjoyed it as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Uh, oh, one thing I did like from the Super Bowl. The first ever last chance you alumni to win a Super Bowl. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but I just remember seeing it on Twitter. <laughs> but he is the first player from the last chance you to make it to the Super Bowl. And for anyone who hasn't watched the last chance you, like me, you, <laughs> have you? Yeah. It's a, it's a good watch, uh, but it's basically like Division Two, Division Three uh, high school teams. Um, the first first couple of seasons were an all right team to watch, you know. But the second, the second like team, fantastically controversial to watch. <laughs> fantastically controversial. To I watch. just I always got the feeling from people talking about it that it's just a, it's like a fucking hour of redemption arcs, and I I couldn't give less of a fuck about about anyone. <laughs> like I don't it like um X Factor. Like the whole reason I've not made it here is because of these things. I don't fucking care if you made it there or not. If you play for American football, oh, that, that's it. No, it's it's not like, oh, we've got a sob story. We go on to win the championship, bloody blah, fairy tale. Oh, crap. Yeah, I'd say the bad thing about it is it is a lot because of where they are and who they are. There's a lot going on in these players' lives that mm-hmm. A Division One all paid for scout who's been scouted since he's seven is an Archie Manning, for example, is never going to have. Yeah. Um, but the good side of it is it's very not in the feels because it's not emotional, but it's like you do sort of grow the 
relationship with the players as you watch them. Yeah. It's a bit like QB1. Yeah, I don't know. I, I literally the only the only American football thing I watch is hard knocks and the actual American football. <laughs> I say every, everything else. Like I, I, I kind of mean to watch a bit of it, but as I said, I've, I've, the one thing I'm I have absolutely no interest about is um, the lives of any player or anything behind them. Like I don't mind them showing personalities in the field, but I don't like in hard knocks when you went to see Jared Goff's house. So I, you could have put fucking anyone. You could put any of the Dolphins players. I mean, that's why you don't care because it's Jared Goff's house. It's probably a four-bedroomed, patched house with a little bit of a garden, one garage, <laughs> um, perfectly trimmed wall. Yeah, um, completely heated by biomass. <laughs> um, but you could put any of the Dolphins players in there, like even people, yeah. players that are like them, interesting. Like I, I could not give a fuck about the social lives. I don't care where they live, who their girlfriends are, what they do. Like I respect everything that all of them do for community and charity and stuff like that, because that's something severely lacking, I think, from yeah. uh, British sports. But I don't want to know about any of it. I just care that they play football. <laughs> Talking about girlfriends, wives, as the you know, women football, well, wives of wit. Wives of footballers, I've got there in the end. Nearly nice. perfect. Um, did you see the stick that Patty Mahomes's girlfriend and brother are receiving? No. Um, Twitter went off apparently because they said something, and whew, it was just like people were saying all sorts of shit, like horrendous, hmm. along the abuse line of you know. Like, we like a joke, but yeah. just like these 40-year-old anonymous accounts. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of throw generic crap out there, except to Tom Brady, because he can go fuck himself. Yeah, fuck Tom um, Brady. Yeah, but if I ever met him, I'd probably apologise for all of it. Uh, no. <laughs> I'd just say, like, well, fair, fair play, Tom. I'd, I'd take, you know, Gronk being his bodyguard. We'll if probably you're probably throwing through a table. But... If you're taking Gronk, then I'll try and take Tom. Yeah. To, to be fair, he's that old. He'd snap running away. <laughs> That's why they try and protect him because he has to run more than four yards. His hip gives out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's me about done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything more to add? Um. Oh. <laughs> Did you hear about the um story about? Uh, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, the offensive coordinator, the, they was all sat in like the little team meeting before the Super Bowl. And somebody said, um, I do like this from Tom Brady. Somebody said, Oh, did you know there was an over under on you for rushing for half a yard? <laughs> and he was like, Well, shit, let's all put a million dollars on it. And the first time they're in the free technique, I'm going to run for six yards. <laughs> It's like obviously they didn't put the bet on, it was just yeah. a joke. But I saw I like that attitude. Um and I think fans want to see more of that from Tom Brady to accept him as if we were to accept him as like a good guy, if you get what I mean. Yeah, to make sure that he wasn't a complete and utter vacuous prick. Yeah. Like if Gerard Koff come into next season with who was that coach who used to wear the big fur coat and the Cowboy hat and the sunglasses on the sideline. Or was it a GMR? Oh, it was. There was neither coach of the Oilers. Yes. There's a guy who charged the Oilers. Uh, yeah, uh, love you, blue. 
He yeah. used to walk around a massive fucking cowboy hat, I think. Like, if Jared Goff turned up like that, everyone would all of a sudden think, oh, he's not a boring prick. Yeah, he's got a bit of personality. <laughs> like that famous um, famous uh, interview that uh, Fitzmagic gave, where he was wearing <laughs> DJX's bling. Just came out and just like, yeah, just five I felt wearing it, felt a bit dangerous. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> Sound? Well, yeah, I think in that case then, um, we'll wrap this edition of Rush and Fumble. I might have to start I might <laughs> I might have to start saying it slowly just to make sure that the words come out properly. Um, yeah. So uh, next week we don't necessarily know what that'll contain. Um we may have to start once we get to the off-season. <laughs> exactly. Well, but hopefully, going into the off-season, we can maybe invite a few more um, special guests on um, and uh, slate their teams. There's yeah. a few There's a few people willing to join. Um, we can try and get some specific ones on. Maybe even see if we can get a Colts fan and a Dolphins fan on in different weeks. So one of us actually has to go on the defensive. <laughs> or yeah. we just play devil's advocate and fucking slam our own teams for their ineptitudes. <laughs> If we sign Carson Wentz, I'll be doing that. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll get Liam back on and we'll get another Colts fan if they exist. Because I think you're the only Colts fan I've ever met. Um, yeah, so I mean, on that note, that's, uh, that's it from me. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening to the end again. I'm still amazed that anyone listens to the start, let alone the fucking end of this crap. Um, and we'll be back next week maybe with our um, Scottish friend in tow. In, Nicholas Sturgeon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, in that case, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We've been Russian Fumble. Toodaloo. Peace.